Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. Number nine. Hello, number welcome nine. to episode nine of number the Fresh nine. Out the Deli podcast. Number I'm Nick Sakali, and uh, I know it's been a while since my last podcast, number but nine. as you guys know, I recently moved to Austin for a new job, and uh, the day after I recorded our last podcast, I promptly got a 103 fever. Um, that was two days after I started work, so I had to go to work for about a week and a half with the fever. Uh, then I had car issues, and I had to get my car fixed. And I had to go and put out our uh, our September issue, so I kind of had to cram all of this four weeks of work into two weeks, and I was really busy um, while I was settling into my apartment. But I now have a new desk at my house, so I'm sitting at our desk, first time ever using it. I have a uh, couch, so I can go and I can watch sports and watch football, and uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, so I'm going to try to get some podcasts out a little more frequently than I have the last month or so, but uh, for now, on the uh, eve of football season, I'm here, uh, joined by everybody's favorite wrestling fan and a former Mets blogger, yeah. uh, Troy Provoheron, and we're going to talk about Backlash, uh, which is tomorrow night, and kind of the stuff we've missed since the last time we talked about wrestling. So there was SummerSlam, there was NXT TakeOver, uh, we had another podcast, or a uh, pay-per-view in between there and the brand split, so uh, I'm excited to talk about wrestling. Uh, I'm sure you are too, Troy. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. I've been texting you for, what, like a month and a half now to do this, so I'm I'm all amped up. Yeah, you wanted to do a podcast right after the draft, which was like right when I was moving and I didn't really have a house to do one in, and then we wanted There's to do Battleground. one before, right after Battleground. Uh, when Dean won, or I guess retained, and then we wanted to do one right before SummerSlam, but then I got really sick, so it's just been a mess. But we've got an, our third pay-per-view coming up. Yeah, uh, well, I'm glad you have everything figured out. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm excited. I missed the podcasting. Yes, so do I. Yeah. I heard you enjoyed me and Freeman's uh, podcast about the fast food. Uh, I laughed for like 60 minutes straight. <laughs> it's the best episode even including our wrestling ones, it's the best episode this one has had yet. All right, cool. Um, I, I'm I'm going to try my best to get some new guest. We're in episode nine now, but after episode ten, I want to get more people than just Troy and uh, Freeman on the pod. Because as much as I love you guys, I think uh, it might be more exciting to have a, a fresh voice every once in a while. So, yeah, once in a while. So I'm trying to get Uncle Jack booked for a, a football <laughs> podcast in the future. So I just have to teach him how to download Skype. Jack's a genius. He really is. All right. So um, I figured for this episode, because we've missed so much, I mean, it's been like two months since we talked about wrestling, and there's been a yeah. lot that's gone on. I mean, a ton so of stuff. Um, so I figured instead of going step by step and talking about everything, because that would take forever, we would just kind of go and mention, you know, our four or five like kind of highlights or takeaways from the brand split and the pay-per-views that have happened and kind of some of the belt changes and stuff like that. So um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to get started. Is there one takeaway that stands out in your mind so far? Uh... Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the uh, most recent change. Um, Kevin Owens is the future of this company, not Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens was phenomenal in that match that he won the belt. Yeah. And... 
as you know, Triple H is probably like my favorite wrestler ever. Yeah. Um, so I'm a sucker for anything Triple H does whenever he just shows up. So, uh, I, I watched it a day late cause I don't have cable anymore. Uh, but if you and Dylan, uh, my brother told me, oh wow, this is going to be, th- th- what a great ending to Raw. That was one of the best endings in a really long time. So I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't look it up. I didn't spoil it. Me and Melissa were watching and I predicted, oh, maybe Triple H comes back cause we hadn't seen him in a while. And I was right, but I did not think he would go and help Kevin Owens and then just walk off and not be seen again for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just so it's one of those things where like at WWE like it was so unpredictable that it was probably predictable. Mm-hmm. Like looking back on it, but just in the moment, it was unbelievable cuz I remember me and uh me and David were watching together and um I said, "Well, Triple H is going to come out and and screw Roman." that would happen but then once he turned on seth i mean i my jaw hit the floor it was unbelievable um and like i said in hindsight it was probably pretty predictable but um in the moment and that's kind of like how i I like to live in wrestling world it's just Mm -hmm. in the moment and not thinking back on like man you know all that stuff it was it was a phenomenal phenomenal ending to that show and really ever since i mean kevin's been amazing and the the crazy thing about that too is you have to realize that at SummerSlam Finn won the title. Yes. And so that must have come up literally like a day after SummerSlam they decided to do that four way the following week. Mm-hmm. So it must have come up within 24 hours of Finn winning and getting hurt and knowing that he would have to vacate the title because that all happened so fast. Sometime in between there, creative decided, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have Triple H come back, screw Seth, and give the belt to Kevin. Like, that was their goal. They had, like, a plan B set up, or I don't know how quickly that came up, but there's no way that was the plan right after SummerSlam ended and Finn had the title. Like, there's no way Triple H would have come back right then and there. No, no. Like, we could have gone, like, another four months without Triple H showing up if Finn was running with the title for a while. Yes, I, I agree. So. Um, but I think, like I said, I, th- I think just these last two weeks, uh, as of right now, I think Kevin's the future of the company, mm-hmm. not Seth. And if you would have told me that two weeks ago, I would have said you were crazy. But watching watching how he's kind of treated being a champion these last two weeks... And I think they're both equally talented in the ring. Mm-hmm. I think they're like right on the same level of just greatness. But he, there's something about the way he talks that draws me in more than Seth does. And maybe that's just because of like this recent affinity I have with Chris Jericho. Oh my God. So I was going to say my biggest regret of that draft that we, you and me did a month and a half back is that neither of us drafted Jericho because he's like one of the five or six best wrestlers right now. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Like he's so funny as a heel. Yeah, and he's been it's hilarious. Like such it, like this is probably the best I could remember Jericho ever being. Like even in his peak, like he's never been this like fully entertaining and like just uniquely like it's just a unique character. Oh, it's a very unique character. And like whenever he, he like. Him and uh, KO are hugging, and like uh, Owens just screams, "Like I love you, Chris." It's really strange. It's a weird relationship, but it's still good. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering, like, eventually it's going to have to end now because, like, he can't just have like 
Chris Jericho, you know, one of the greatest of all time, this former six-time champion, just like riding Kevin Owens' back. That's weird. So eventually yeah. it has to end. But I think, and again, maybe it's part to Jericho, but Kevin Owens has really evolved over this last month into a thing like where he's like really entertaining to watch regardless of whether he's wrestling or not. Right, and you and me drafted him, I think, pretty early. I I don't remember exactly, but I, I think, think it was within first... our first five or six picks, right? Yes. So, I mean, we, we both saw the potential. I mean, Kevin Owens, I don't think since he's got called up to WWE, has had a bad match at all. No. Like, all of his matches entertaining. I mean, a lot of that has to do with him and Sami Zayn having just such good chemistry when they're together and they've spent probably half the time fighting each other. And then he had the run with... Uh, uh, Cena at the beginning mm-hmm. that was really strong, and now this most recent push uh, with Jericho, and now with the title, uh, he's been great. His mic work has somehow gotten better, yeah. and he's the kind of guy that because how he looks, he's not like your classic champion. He's not like the yeah. big muscle guy. He isn't the really good looking guy. He's kind of like if a wrestling fan <laughs> happened to be in the WWE and win, yes. that's like what you'd imagine. You'd be like yeah. a punk guy wearing gym shorts that like you know kind of like stutters every once in a while when he speaks because he's so excited and who's bearded and fat like that's like a wrestling fan yeah no i think i think he's always been a superstar even from when he was at nxt he's always been a superstar but now he's the top superstar Mm -hmm. in my eyes did you were you slightly disappointed when he walked out in the suit and he wasn't wearing gym shorts underneath um no it didn't really bother me uh (laughs) Just because, like, you know, every once in a while you have to be – to class it up a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Melissa was disappointed <laughs> that uh, – because Melissa was watching when he walked out with the title. And she was like, oh, is he wearing gym shorts under the blazer? And I, we were both kind of disappointed that he wasn't. <laughs> but maybe he will in the future. But it was it was funny early, later in the show when he was walking with Chris in the back and he was like, yeah, I spent $7,000 on this suit. Mm-hmm. It's a very, <laughs> like, like, Chris Jericho conversation to have. Yeah. No, I think they're I think they're great, and I think he's he's really great. I'm really excited to watch Seth Kevin Owens because I honestly I don't know if that match has ever happened, and if it has, I can't remember it. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't think it has at least not one on one. But that just sounds like the greatest match that you could have in the WWE today. I think it's kind of weird that since Seth has come back, he did the thing that he like kind of showed up surprised like surprisingly showed up against uh, Roman after Roman beat AJ Styles. Mm -hmm. And then he won the title from Roman, but then instantly lost it from Dean. I feel like Seth hasn't won a match since then. Um, And like for for somebody who's like, was the first overall draft pick and who all of the fans think is the best. Like, I feel like they've been having Seth lose a lot. Like he, they had the, the top. So he lost to Dean in the triple threat. Mm -hmm. And then, he had the day before the draft, they both tied, and yeah. then he lost straight up to Dean, and then he lost straight up to Dean again at the next pay per view. Yeah, and then they did, um, and then at SummerSlam, he also lost straight up. Yeah, to Finn, like it wasn't like he cheated to win or he was cheated out of a win. And, like, he he didn't win that four-way either for the title. Like, I just feel like since Seth has come back, he's actually lost, like, 80% of his matches. And it's kind of yeah. weird that, like, everybody's still, like, willing to accept that he's the best, you know, as as a fan. 
that you're like, oh, he should be the one with the belt, or like it's totally believable that he is the best. Because right now, we actually haven't seen him since coming back from injury actually win anything. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, and maybe that's, maybe it's just, you know, I think it's easy to think that when everybody thinks he's the best, that he should just come back and be the guy again. So mm-hmm. I think maybe it's just good writing on the WWE part to just be like, hey, just be patient. Like, he's going to be the guy eventually. But, like, this is the first time he's actually really been tested. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it is nice to see. And it could be fun if he has a babyface-ish kind of run against Kevin Owens. I mean, yeah. if he could actually finally embrace the fans, because the fans cheer him all the time, and he always has to shut them down because, hey, he's a heel. But if he can kind of embrace the fan support, and he's kind of fighting against something instead of being the guy that people are fighting against... Uh, mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with the feud. Um, not sure how long it'll last. I think they'll probably try to keep the belt on Kevin Owens for a while. Yeah, um, I would I would agree. Especially because he's so dynamic. And on that roster, um, I mean, you have plenty of viable champion options, but he's probably the most viable right now if you're not going to mm-hmm. give it to Seth. No, I'd agree. I think... Um... I think it's really interesting to see what they do with Triple H now. Because mm-hmm. I always just pegged Shane McMahon versus Triple H at WrestleMania. And now you're sitting here like it could be Seth Rollins versus Triple H. It could be Roman Reigns versus Triple H. Even though they already did that last WrestleMania, so it's probably not as likely. Or you could still do Shane versus Triple H. Right, it's, or you uh, could do something where Triple H... I mean, Triple H always fights at WrestleMania because he writes the card and he just decides he wants to. And he has those awesome entrances, so why wouldn't you want to be... Why wouldn't you want him there? Right, but I mean, you could <laughs> theoretically see a scenario where, like, if Kevin Owens somehow holds this all the way to, to WrestleMania, which wouldn't be too, uh, I guess, far fetched. I mean, it'd be like an eight an eight month run, and maybe he loses it once in there and then gets it back. But if like I could see Triple H just being like Owens's like kind of manager mm-hmm. or something like that, but then who would Owens be fighting? I guess. Because you can't have Owens and Seth still fighting for that. Yeah. At, or at that point. So it's kind of weird. And it's weird that, like, Triple H definitely went behind, like, Stephanie's back in the story. and like Or did or did he? Yeah, I think so. You never know. That's no, no, great... you don't know. It's <laughs> WWE. They could, they could decide tomorrow that, eh, actually, he didn't go behind her back. She was <laughs> it the whole time. Or maybe he's working with Shane now, which would be That's... weird. That would be weird, but Since again, he's not married anything, to Shane, but who knows? Anything's possible. <laughs> right. So, uh, my first takeaway since the brand split mm-hmm. is I have been watching a lot more SmackDown because obviously yeah. you have the individual storylines on there that if you don't watch SmackDown, you just don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the individual wrestlers on there that you can't see otherwise. But... Since I don't have cable anymore, mm-hmm. I watch SmackDown and um, Raw on Hulu. Yeah. And the biggest thing I've noticed is that SmackDown definitely now needs a 90-minute version on Does Hulu. It? Because when I was watching the three well, it's hours... it's already 90 minutes on Hulu. Is it? Yeah, because SmackDown's only two hours long. Yeah, but it, I think it's a little longer than the 90. I'm not sure. But it seems like – I don't know. It's, they need a shorter version of it because when I was watching – when I would watch SmackDown after I'd watch Raw like normally on mm-hmm. cable, the, the, the two-hour SmackDown doesn't seem long at all after a three-hour Raw. 
But if you watch a 90-minute Raw and then you get like a 100-minute SmackDown right after, SmackDown seems like it takes forever. And there's like a decent amount of downtime in SmackDown that you could probably cut. Like I don't want like – I mean maybe an hour would be fine. I don't necessarily want an hour. But I just feel like SmackDown, if you have to watch it on Hulu – and it's just as long as Raw, like, the product doesn't seem nearly as good. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Because it just kind of drags. See, I find that interesting, because I actually think SmackDown's been better than Raw since the brand split. I don't know. I think both have been different in good ways. And I think AJ Styles is, if Kevin Owens is number one in the company right now, AJ Styles is definitely number two. Uh I mean, I really, I really like AJ. I mean, it's t- it's tough to get, to jump Seth, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think at SummerSlam, AJ Styles took a big step up. That was actually a like a good match between him and Cena. I thought. Mm-hmm. The, the, I, I still... think that was probably the best match of the night, right? Like in terms of like entertaining, entertainment value just from the match itself, not necessarily with the storyline or anything. Yeah, I think there was another match that I really liked that I can't remember because that was a while back, but. I think there was another match I liked more. Okay. But, I mean, he's, he's taking a step up in my book. I still think that maybe they're writing his dialogue a little weird. I'm still not, like, sold whenever he's on the mic. It doesn't. It's not very entertaining to me yet. So I wouldn't put him up that high, but I think he is taking steps in the right direction. I think he's finally getting comfortable being one of the top guys in WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of that is that he's, like, slightly awkward as a heel. Yeah. Like, I still think he was better as a baby face earlier this year than he has been as a heel. And now like when he's a heel without the club next to him, it's kind mm-hmm. of awkward too. Cause at least like, not that I'd like the club, but when he no, had like suck. henchmen, <laughs> no. And the club are so much worse without AJ Styles. Yeah. They're all, they were with him. Like if they aren't with AJ Styles, it just seems like a whole, a big waste. Yes, I agree. Um, so, but I think AJ as like the leader of the club, as a, as a heel was a little more appealing and a little more natural. But now that if he's just a heel and he's kind of alone, it doesn't really make that much sense. But I still think in ring, he's really great. Um, the crowd gets re- really excited. And uh, I've got to be honest, I'm kind of sick of Dean as the champion at this point. I am too, but I... Uh... Oh man, then you're a huge Dean Ambrose supporter. Well, I, I'm not sick of him as a champion. I still think he's amazing. I just think that Right now, SmackDown kind of needs a change. So I'm not saying like it's Dean's fault. I just feel like right like Smack like Raw has had so much turnover over the last couple months just because of Finn getting hurt and all that 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 it just makes it seem like Raw is more competitive at the top than SmackDown is. Mm-hmm. And so it's not Dean's fault. It just feels like SmackDown is stagnant. You also have to think that SmackDown has now two new titles, so. They haven't had a title change since the brand split. Right, because you have Meanwhile, Miz holding that belt for – the IC belt forever because Miz has been better and better. Yes, as he's been fan- – he's actually been fantastic and you know my opinions about Miz. Yeah, I'm very happy I drafted him uh, uh, in our draft. <laughs> Definitely worth the pick. But if you think about it, Raw's had so much title change because they've had the Universal being crowned. Then they had Finn get hurt, Kevin winning – uh, Shasha getting Sasha, Sasha going so back to back. They've had so much title change that it almost feels like maybe SmackDown isn't doing that. It's not really their fault. It's just that Raw's just had some bad luck. 
Yeah, and like because of that, it's kind of Raw's been able to take advantage of the situation because SmackDown only has the two titles, and SmackDown hasn't had their own pay per view yet. Um, and uh, like, unless you were gonna have Miz lose to Darren Young, which wouldn't be that exciting anyway. Uh, they just so there haven't been opportunities for somebody to lose a title. So yeah, you're right about that. But I do think Dean as a champion is kind of getting a little stale. Um, you know, his ring work is fine. His mic work is okay. Um, could still be improved in my book, but it's it's not like offensive or anything like that. But I think it's just like a little stale. And if AJ wins a backlash, which I think he probably will, um, I think I think that could at least elevate it a little bit or give a little more competition to it or make it feel like the show's kind of moving on. Yeah, I don't know. I so the reason why I think SmackDown has been better is just because personally I like their singles competition more right now. I like what AJ's doing. I like what Dean's doing. Uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt are like, those guys can like, those two are the guys who are changing SmackDown the most in my book. I mean, they are fantastic right now. Um, Even when Randy was going against Lesnar, which we should talk about that match at some point later on. Yeah. Um, but even that, when like they weren't, he wasn't necessarily doing fights that first month he came back on SmackDown. But yes. like Randy was carrying that show. Because, like, you didn't know if Lesnar was going to come out. Randy was doing good promos. The same thing with Raw. Like, you didn't know if Randy was going to come out and try to do something. Uh, and he did most of the time. So, Randy definitely has been carrying the show uh, a lot, especially now that Cena's gone. Yeah, and, and I think Cena was doing a good job when he was there. So, in my opinion, the WWE Championship, like, singles competition has been better than the Universal Championship thing, in my opinion. And then I think every title, every other title in SmackDown's competition has been better than Raw's competition. Because I think the women's thing in SmackDown right now is going good. I think the tag team thing, really just because of Heath Slater, Mm -hmm. is going good. And the Usos heel turn, like that was really cool. Um, And Miz has just been a much better champion than Rusev has. Yeah. In those minor belts. I think you're right. Miz definitely is doing more than Rusev. And part of that is because Rusev... They never really know how to write Rusev's storylines for some reason. It's either he's going to crush somebody or he looks like an idiot. Yeah. And, like, in the last month, they had him look like an idiot because he was with Lana and then Roman slightly turned heel or whatever you want to call it. But I also feel like that storyline was wasted because, like, Roman – that match never even happened. Roman got – and maybe it's because – I think it might be because they knew Finn was hurt. Because, remember, the Universal Championship came before that Roman-Rusev match. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they knew Finn was hurt, and they didn't want to give Roman the title and then have him be also oh. contending for the heavyweight championship later. I never actually thought of that. That's a good point. Because I didn't think that made much sense because it was like – well, just that whole thing with Rusev and um, Roman where the week before SummerSlam they had an actual match and Rome, for like you know for Lana's pride or whatever it yeah. was, and Roman just won straight up. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, a weird ending. He didn't, like, break any rules. It wasn't like Rusev got tricked or was trying to trick Roman and then got – and Roman went and won. It was, like, Roman just straight up beat Rusev there and it wasn't a title match. And then, like, the following night or the following week at SummerSlam, Roman went and, like, beat the shit out of him again. And it wasn't a match, but, like – Yeah. It was kind of bizarre. And I think – I don't know. I feel like Raw's mishandled a lot of things over the last couple months because, like – Universal Championship picture has been cool, and I don't have a problem with that. But then you look at, like, all right, Sasha gets hurt, and so they give 
Charlotte the title, but they didn't. It's almost like they didn't even care to see like how long Sasha would be hurt because Sasha leaves for two weeks and then they just bring up Bailey right. and they almost make it look like Bailey's going to challenge Charlotte for the title and then Bailey beats Charlotte and then Sasha comes back. And so now what do you do? That's a, like a really awkward type of thing. Right, because like why would you push Bailey like that and have Bailey beat Charlotte straight up in a and non-title now, match if she's not going to fight for the title anymore and she's going to be just fine sitting on like the corner and doing nothing. Yeah, I thought they completely missed that what they should have done and, is they they should have just had Charlotte turn on Dana I for guess. a month and then just not had a women's title match. I guess. And like I I'm happy that Bailey isn't thrown into a title, a title match, match that early. right away. Yeah, because, like, they've been doing that a lot with the women's division lately. Yeah. Like, they call somebody up from NXT, and everybody's like, oh, they were great in NXT. And then they instantly have a title shot and win. And it's like, you can't – not every single person in NXT who usually the night before they come up loses a title match in NXT. Not all of them are the best wrestlers to ever live. and So, like – I was kind of upset that like all of a sudden they give Bailey a title match at the women's championship when she just lost the NXT women's championship like yeah. the night before. So I'm happy that she's not going to get that opportunity right away. But at the same time, you're right. They were booking it as if she was. And if you're going to do that, it's weird to all of a sudden just stop it. Yeah, because now it's almost like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't have anybody. There's not like, I guess they have three weeks to do something before Clash of Champions. But like it's just kind of awkward now. And I don't understand what... What was the deal with that promo that Sasha gave where it sounded like she was going to, like, retire? <laughs> retire? Like, that yeah. was such a stupid, weird promo. Yeah, it was. And talking about bad promos, this is one of the things about Raw that I don't like. So at this point now, Enzo and Cass are healthy. And I know that Cass was in that title match mm-hmm. two and weeks ago. And it was ago, really so cool that he was there. He was cool. And, I mean, he didn't last long. I wish it was Big didn't... E instead of him, too, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of upsetting that he didn't last long, and he also lost on a move that's not a finisher. Like, how many times has Kevin Owens hit somebody with that frog splash and not beaten somebody? Right. <laughs> so, like, it was kind of lame that he lost that way. But, um, like, this tag team picture right now that they have going on is terrible. That promo last week where uh, the club brought out the old people, Awful. the old day, it was, like, 20 minutes too long. <laughs> And it wasn't real old people. No. <laughs> like, wouldn't it have been – like, I would have been able to save it, that segment, which was a bad segment regardless. It, it would have been very hard to save. But at least it would have been kind of funny if they were legitimately old black men. Yeah, it would have like, been – Like, in the middle like, of the ring and then the New Day, like, goes and beats them up. Like, that yeah. would have been hilarious. It was just three young guys dressed in fake beards. And, right. like, it was just worthless. And And, again, it just goes back to, like, the club being terrible. And so – if the, so here's the problem with Raw. If it's not New Day versus Enzo and Cass, that tag team division is going to be terrible. Right. And it's going to be – it's no matter what, it's going to be worse than the SmackDown tag team division. And it makes sense too because right now you have those two uh, tag team feuds in Raw and that's it. And one of them's for a championship opportunity and one isn't. And in SmackDown, because you don't have a championship belt yet and you have this tournament, all of these matches have to be good. Yeah, it can't just be like a throwaway match to say, "Oh, look how good like American Alpha looks." Like it, because it's a tournament, they're making each of those matches entertaining. Yeah, and it's a tough break for SmackDown for American Alpha to get hurt. Yes, that was a big but, tough break, but but now he's but the, uh, can win, and 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 the heel turn for the Usos is pretty great. 
Because I great. hate the Usos. Is I just got so sick of them as baby faces. No, I agree. So that's like yeah. it's like if you're going to give us the Usos and going to give them a championship opportunity uh, belt again, because I think they probably will win. I mean, if you, you could think that they'll give Heath the win because he needs a be- he needs the contract or whatever. Yeah, I think he, I actually think Heath's going to win. But if if they're going to give the Usos the championship or another opportunity, at least like give them a run as heels, not as like the exact same as they've been. Yeah. So I'm good with that. And it's the same thing with the women's division. You have the one Charlotte storyline on Raw for the women, and that's pretty much it. The rest of it's a waste. And at yeah. least in SmackDown, you have four or five there, or six women yeah, who are a ton of fighting you have the whole and there's a little Car- bit of tension. And, yeah, yeah, there's the Becky Lynch and Natalia. There's the Carmella and Nikki. So they've done like a really good job of like creating storyline arcs even past these newly created titles. Yep, I agree. And I think because of that, I've liked mo- a lot of the individual talents or teams a lot more. Um, or they've grown on me. Like Becky Lynch, I really like now. I'm like... Yeah. I thought I always thought she was pretty cool, but I, I do think that she's very, very good now. Like, she's definitely worthy of being, you know, considered, like, one of their top performers. Yeah, and I think even, like, the lower-level tag teams on SmackDown are better than the lower-level tag teams on Raw. Definitely. Like, I'd much rather watch the Hype Bros or, like, uh, what's the other one? The one that just... Uh... Well, I mean, to, to think... So, in Raw... Or in SmackDown, think of the tag matches we've had going on, and then you compare that to the tag match last week, which was Enzo and Cass versus... And the Shining Stars the Shining were the stars worst. ...who somehow won. Yeah, they're the worst. Right. Primo and Epico have been here for like 10 years, and they've been worthless every time. Right, and it's like... They've been repackaged like four times. It's terrible. No just offense get rid of to them. them. It's just like, they're just not good. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sure they're very delightful people, and they're trying, but like... They they don't they don't work and they're not particularly good wrestlers and they keep pushing them and for like Enzo and Cass who's like the most over tag team in, in the, the company. company right now yeah. to lose the shining stars on Raw for no reason and to have that just like just th- that match in general it's such a throwaway match compared to what what SmackDown's been doing with their tag teams yeah it's. And the club, and the, I mean, having the club going for the championship is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's terrible. They're they're awful. They have like they should just go back to Japan. Yeah, or like hang out with Finn until he gets back. <laughs> so, um, what what are some other takeaways that you've had in the last three months or so? <laughs> um. Yeah, I have a I have a lot. You want to just talk Lesnar Orton because I thought yeah. that was that was fantastic. So you really liked it. I did. Did you understand it? Did I understand it? No, I don't ever understand anything the WWE does with Brock Lesnar anymore because he doesn't show up. He shows up what once every half a year. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make any sense. So my theory on that match is that it was going to because it looked it just felt weird. Because, like, it just, like, it seemed like you were mid-match, and then all of a sudden, like, Orton starts bleeding out, and then, like, the match ends really abruptly. And yeah. it looked, like, confusing, and everybody seemed confused, and it looked kind of real. So my theory with that match is that the match was always going to end with Brock winning in a technical knockout. And yes. whether it was because he was going to bust Orton open, or he was just going to beat him up for, like, an hour... Or, like, yeah. go on this run that he just kept going and going, and then, like, they had to call the match. 
But I don't think that the busting his head open and just having him lay on the floor motionless for three minutes was actually planned. No, I think that was like he legitimately got busted open. Right. So I, I feel like it, it was this, it wound up being the same result. Like I felt like Shane was always going to run out and Lesnar was always going to F5 him no matter what. And Lesnar was always going to win and it was always going to be of a, a knockout or him just beating up Randy after the bell or something like that. But I think once they busted him open, they had to just speed it up. Yeah. And they were like, okay, well, he's busted open Lesnar. Just, like, punch him a handful of times, <laughs> and then we're going to give you the F5. Well, my problem is is that, like, okay, so they've had so many, like, like bad Brock Lesnar matches, like, over the last couple, like, years. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he just dominates people. And, like, Randy Orton finally, like, actually, like, put up a decent fight. Like, he arcade him on that table. Like, it was actually kind of interesting to watch. I really wanted Randy to win because I'm really getting tired of Brock Lesnar. And I wanted Randy to win, too. I thought, like, if you're going to have Randy come back after a nine-month absence and Cena is about to leave and you want SmackDown to look powerful, like, that's the perfect time to give Randy a, a push. Yeah, not that he really needs one, but... Right. Like, that'd be a great way to get him in. Like, oh, shit, he actually beat Brock and Brock hasn't lost in four years. Like yeah. My my problem with Brock is that like now he's just not showing up enough, and I get that like anytime you say Brock Lesnar's on a pay per view, people are gonna watch. I understand that, but at the same time, like you need some sort of like storyline. So he like needs to lose to somebody, or he needs to like have like an like an elongated story. He can't just show up and be like, oh, this guy's fighting Brock this time. And then Brock dominates. I mean, it's just boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the storyline right now with Brock is that Brock Lesnar is fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brock Lesnar shows up. Who's fighting him? Okay, he's going to win. Right. And like, like, at least when he was fighting Taker or he was fighting Cena two years ago, like, there was a storyline to that. Right. The fighting Cena, the storyline was it's for the title. Yeah. And that Cena's had the title for a while. And that Cena is, like, getting the shit beat out of him and he's trying to redeem himself. Yeah. So, like, there's the storyline with Cena there. And then with Undertaker... There's the storyline that, like, okay, he beat him at SummerSlam. So, like, the SummerSlam... Like, WrestleMania. Or WrestleMania, right. So, the WrestleMania Taker versus Lesnar match is kind of, like, whatever. There's no real storyline to that other than it's a WrestleMania match. But after that, at least it was like, okay, Undertaker has something to prove. Yeah. I don't understand how why they had Undertaker beat Lesnar last year in that really bizarre way. Well, because, I mean, they needed to make it three matches, and you don't have three matches if you're already down 2-0. I guess that's true. But anyway, I, I do agree that Lesnar needs some sort of story to kind of get things going again. Like, I understand that he's a monster and he's a beast and he comes out every two months or three months or whatever it is. And he does something crazy. But, like, we do need either somebody to surprisingly upset him. And then the story could be, like, Brock Lesnar trying to redeem himself against, like, the upstart who beat him randomly. Or... We need, like, Lesnar to go so heel that, like, he kills Roman Reigns' daughter. And, like, that's why Roman's <laughs> trying to kill him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think... Okay, so, like, what I think they ultimately want to do... And so if they can pull this off, then that match is okay with me. But they have to pull it off the right way. And so they need Brock Lesnar to go to war with SmackDown. Oh, that'd be great. And so, like, he just shows up, like, on random SmackDowns and just beats the crap out of people. And that's all he does is like he just shows up, he beats the crap out of you, and then SmackDown's like, okay, we've had enough of this guy, we have to take him out. Mm-hmm. And they never do, but at least they're trying. So who – I guess the best 
in your scenario, who's the best person to beat up Brock? Is it Cena if he comes back in three months? Uh, I think it's Bray. But Bray, why would Bray want to defend the honor of SmackDown? Bray doesn't care. Well, not yet. I mean, you have to do something to provoke Bray. Bray's, a, a, Bray's another person that needs... Like, I like the thing with Orton that he's doing right now. And I liked the thing that he did when he was interjecting himself in the title matches between Seth and... Uh, or not Seth. Uh, Dean and Ziegler. Yeah. But Bray always does these things, like with the New Day, that it was like a cool lead-up. And then they just he just loses. And then it's over. Yeah. Like, when's, I don't think Bray's won a match, like... In years. Or yeah, at least, like, a like, meaningful match. Yeah, it feels like he's just kind of... Well, I mean, he got hurt. And so, like... So, like, they've tried... I think they've tried to give him the title, like, twice. And he just keeps getting hurt. Or at least have him in a title match. And he just keeps getting hurt. So, like, it's unlucky for him. Mm-hmm. And unlucky for them. I think he's next. I think once Styles beats Dean, he's, like, the next guy who will win the title. Yeah, I can, I can see that. In my opinion. If he stays healthy. Uh, another takeaway... Over the last, since our last podcast, I think, uh, as much as it hurts to say, I think Dolph Ziegler's just done. You think he's done? See, I think he's been great. I think he's been, like, I thought that title match on SummerSlam was very boring. Did you? And I thought, like, I don't know, like, if they gave him this opportunity, I thought, considering how great Ziegler's matches have been in the past, and how good Dean's matches have been in the past... I thought it was a very underwhelming thing, and he had the chance, and then they he just now he's out of the title picture. Like I think if there was one chance, that was the chance, and like I don't think he really took it. And now I'm kind of just really sour on on Ziegler. I think he's been really good. I thought I thought like he had like terrific promo. They cut terrific promos during that uh, during that uh, rivalry, and then like yeah, maybe the match wasn't as good as it should have been. But also, I just felt like SummerSlam wasn't as good as it should have been. I didn't feel like any of those matches were great. That I don't feel like any of those matches went above the bar I set for a SummerSlam match other than Cena-Styles. And that was really because that bar had been lowered so low from two months before. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Do you think the problem with SummerSlam was that it was after NXT? And <laughs> that NXT Brooklyn show was just that good? Well, I was at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. It was... Uh, yeah, I think that might be it, actually, because I remember watching that live. That was an unbelievable show. Yeah, I honestly thought it was going to be tough to live up to the next day, and it didn't even come close. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of NXT? Was it was it Rouge coming up at the beginning? Was it the Nakamura fight at the end? Uh, Rude, Rude's entrance was like slightly below Nakamura's entrance for like the best part of the entire show. Okay. They could have had Nakamura walk to the arena, walk to the ring for like an hour with that entrance, and it would have been epic. Yeah, that Nakamura entrance was better. I mean, that's, that was a better entrance than anything Finn's ever done in NXT. Yeah, I thought it was the best thing that like wrestling's done in like three years. Yeah, I it was an unbelievable it. entrance, and it was a it was a really a great match. Mm-hmm. There weren't a, there wasn't a single bad match on that card except for the Ember Moon match. Oh, the surprise GTS was also at uh, NXT. Yeah, Hideo Tommy. That was great. Yeah, it was exciting. Everybody was just pumped for it. They were just chanting GTS before he did it. It was very exciting. I love that move. It's my favorite finisher. Well, my second favorite finisher of all time. What's your so, favorite? Uh, 
twist. It's like a tie for like when Jeff Hardy was there. So Swanton Bomb and Twist of Fate. Oh, okay. Because Jeff Hardy's my favorite of all time. No, that that that's a very valid uh, thing to believe. So, um, and I just rude. Now that we're talking about rude, I think that's probably gonna be our entrance music for the podcast. <laughs> like, there's no reason for it not to be. Yeah, I mean, he that was excellent. It was glorious. It really was glorious. Uh, but what was it like? What was like the atmosphere in the room like at NXT? Did it just feel like tense the entire time? It's like it's really weird. I mean, it's like I've, I've been to a lot of WWE shows, and that's like the most like energetic I've ever seen a crowd. Like mm-hmm. even before the show went on, Ty Dillinger had like a like a a match that was taped for NXT the next week. Mm-hmm. And, like, that place was going nuts. Like, for whatever reason, Ty Dillinger is, like, a cult hero for, like, <laughs> wrestling fans. I have no idea why. I don't even really like him that much, but it was, like, really exciting to be a part of that. So, like, just to be in that environment, it made me like him a little bit more. I guess it's, like, the rest, the crowd at an NXT show is definitely f- compiled of, like, wrestling fans who are really into wrestling and they listen to yeah. wrestling podcasts and they watch NXT and they watch SmackDown and they ro- watch Raw and they're into like possibly indie wrestling. Yeah, I mean it's Wh- like us, like why we go to minor league baseball games because we really like baseball. Right. So people going, who don't like baseball aren't going to go see a bunch of nobody players. Right. So those are like the true fans go to NXT where you could probably have people that are going to SummerSlam just because it's SummerSlam and yeah. like it's the one show that they know and they're in New York or they have money and they know it's like a big deal and the celebrity's going to be there or whatever. But like it might not be like the most pure wrestling fans. Not that yeah. it really needs to be. Yeah. Because like every sporting event has like really aggressive fanatics and. Also, people who are there just for the popcorn. So yeah, it's true. But I, the environment was—it was unbelievable. I mean, I, it, I think it would have been better if I went with somebody. I went by myself because all my friends in New York had left or whatnot. But I still—I got a ticket for like six bucks, and I was like, I'm going anyway. And so I think it would have been more fun to go with other people. But even just to be a part of that environment by yourself is really exciting. That's that's awesome. I was extremely jealous. I wish I was in New York with you <laughs> for that day just to go because. I mean, it, it was so fun to watch on TV, too. Yeah, it was. Um, I went back and watched it that night. Yeah, I, I went back and watched a couple of matches. Um, I, I I really love Asuka. I really love Nakamura. Samoa Joe is still really great. Yeah, and um, I really like The Revival, and I love Johnny Gargano and Thomas Ciampa. I actually... So I was kind of down on The Revival until that match, because that, that was great at, that, was amazing at NXT match. TakeOver. Um I, I'm I'm now I now believe in the revival. They are so they are one of my match of the year contenders for when they went two out of three falls of the American Alpha a month two months ago. Mm-hmm. That's one of my top two matches of the year. That and uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn from like which one? <laughs> Battleground, the last one. Oh yeah, that one was very good. Yeah, that's the best match of the year in my opinion. The title match on Raw two uh, two weeks ago wasn't bad either. I, no, mean, I know it. Good. I know it ended with Triple H coming in and interfering, yeah. but like the match itself was actually pretty good. And like there was a moment that you thought like Cass might actually win, that he had a little bit of a run, and then you were like, "Oh no, Roman's gonna win!" <laughs> uh, like because he did like three or four super punches in a row, and then what? you thought Seth was gonna win when Triple H came out, and it looked like Seth was like, "That's it." So like that match like had like so many ups and downs. It was really good. Yeah, so, I mean. I, I thought it was a good match. I don't know why everybody always says, oh, no, Roman's going to win. I feel like I'm the only person left who likes Roman Reigns. 
Um, I actually like him now too. I so I liked him a ton when he was on the Shield because everybody did. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh, he's so cool. He's just like standing there and he's fucking huge, and he like punches people and they get knocked yeah, out." Yeah, Seth and, Seth and Dean could kind of could cover up his flaws. Right, right, and because he didn't have to talk or anything. Yeah, and he was just like a brooding guy that like he looks impressive when you see Roman. He looks impressive, yeah. and then once he they did the single stuff like. I think people are just so sour on him because I I do think his mic work sucks. Like I, it like, I think he's two out of miss. every two out of every three promos Roman does something that you're like ugh, like really <laughs> like that's just really lame. <laughs> I I think he's like very hit or miss because I like I thought when the uh, the wedding celebration with Rusev was actually pretty good. See, I just I hated that. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. I, I just the on your wedding night joke was awful. <laughs> like, but that's what I mean. Like, the rest of that promo actually wasn't bad. But like, he says like, kind of like you disappointed Lana on your wedding night. Like, that was just a really, really, really bad joke. And like, he'll have like he'll have like a minute or two in a promo that's pretty good. And I'll be like, I'm gonna go walk over there. I'm gonna pop you in the mouth. And it's like, come on, like that's like the best you can come up with. Yeah, so so talking about great poems real quick, you did see uh, Miz and Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack, right? Yeah, Talking Smack is probably the best part of SmackDown. It probably is, and that is that might be the greatest promo I've ever seen live. Because it might not have been a promo. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, the 10% of it that was real and not scripted or not, a, like, a real, like, promo. Just, like, the Miz is – that didn't even look like acting. No, I felt like I so I felt like Daniel Bryan was supposed to say something and Miz was supposed to say something back and then Daniel Bryan said something that for whatever reason it just pushed the Miz over the edge. And the the Miz was like I'm done with it because everybody including myself hates me. I, I don't know why everybody like <laughs> like the Miz was like I don't know why everybody dislikes me. You know, I'm great and it's for some reason it pushed him over the edge and he just decided he was going to be robbed. It was so good. And I don't it, think you could – my problem is I don't think you can script that kind of emotion. No, I think no. it's physically impossible to script that kind of emotion. And he was going uh, – he was trending up before that too because he's had – this IC run has been pretty good. Like I know he hasn't fought that much, but like he has – he's had good entrances. Maurice is with him. Yeah. I, I like the the Eyes Wide Shut outfit that he comes in at the pay-per-views. <laughs> I think that's really funny. And it's like it's it's so uh, – pointed like accurate because like he's practically the tom cruise of wrestling it makes sense <laughs> like he, he's overconfident and he's smug and he's like kind of smaller than everybody else and he's the actor like it makes sense that you'd have those yeah parallels also but, he's had great commercials yeah he the, has the, like the kfc and domino's commercials that only air during raw those are weird and smackdown they're hilarious they're funny but like i sometimes don't know what i'm watching like what was it he was the chicken and Ziegler he was the was chicken KFC. yeah like it was so bizarre, but but I, I do I think Miz is this is probably this is peak Miz as far as I could remember. He has um, been good. His promos have been on point each week, and he uh, his his in ring work is fine. Like it's not great by any means, and you know he's no. kind of a boring wrestler. But his in ring work has been fine. And it's been better than it had been in the past. Yeah, the only problem with SmackDown is that they are just they're burying Apollo Cruz, who has like a ton of talent. And they are just ruining this guy's early career. Isn't that like the most predictable WWE, like not knowing what to do with a talented person like that there's ever been? Yeah. Like, like he was he... really like talented in NXT. He looked great. 
he's like looks like a really strong athlete and like you're just like I, you could tell when this guy gets called up just they're not going to know what to do with him he's, he lost, he's, he's, he's not, lost like four straight matches yeah he, he's not big enough to be vince's like prototypical like giant large brooding guy he's black so they're not going to know how to like use him because they don't know how to use black people at all no they're really bad at it yeah they are so it was pretty predictable that apollo cruz would maybe get a push and then it would just die i mean i feel bad for him and like he's great he's still like obviously eon's better than brizanga are you sure Or tyler breeze sorry not brizanga also smackdown's doing this hilarious thing where they just have like some random person come out, and then Kane just comes out and choke slams him. That's really great. It's amazing. He did it to the the Mike the Milkman guy two weeks ago, who I have no idea who that was. It was hilarious. He like stripped down to his underwear. I like. And he was trying to get his clothes back on before Kane got to the ring. I really liked the. Uh... And I don't know if they're doing this anymore because I, once I got rid of Cable, I, they stopped showing it. But the Braun Strowman beating up all the jobbers at every yeah, city. Yeah, they're still doing it. See, that's my problem. Raw has – they do it every week. He beat up Sin Cara last week. Oh, that's not actually a jobber though. <laughs> I mean he's a jobber in WWE terms. But before like it was Braun Strowman versus The Americo. Like, Americo. Right, like a random guy in like the middle of Memphis that they found <laughs> on the street that wrestled once. There's like, hey, yeah. man, can you take a bump and do you want to wear this mask? Yeah, sure. Okay, but we're the- going to have Braun Strowman chokeslam you <laughs> through a table. Enjoy. But the problem is, is that like Raw has like three of those matches now every week because mm-hmm. they're doing the same thing with Nia Jax. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, like Raw... local wrestling ring, and then Nia Jax just leg drops her, and it's over in sixteen seconds. Yeah, I feel like Raw lately it's been a really interesting promo to start with a, a very good main event and one match in between, and then it's like, like decent, the rest yeah. of the show is like a high-profile person against somebody you don't care about, and the high-profile person wins. Unless you're Enzo and Cass. Their roster is just not very deep. It, like, has, like, very good, like, top superstars. Well, especially now that Finn is gone. Yeah, like, Finn's gone, and, like... Okay, so, see, like, I think, like, the big thing they're missing is Paige. Mm -hmm. Like, her being suspended is huge, and, I mean, you know, like, I have, like, a, a tremendous love for Paige, so... Page, well, if you're listening, do you think, call me. Do you think Page is coming back now that Del Rio's gone? Del Rio's gone. Yeah, he got he got released because he asked to be released. Good riddance. Uh, well, <laughs> so you don't you're not scared that Page will go with him? I mean, I don't. Where is she going to go? <laughs> I, I mean, know. this is like this is like where she's always wanted to be. Like, I feel like if he's released, then like they can still be together. <laughs> right like i mean like he's not gonna like just disappear into like in- infinity like he can still right. travel with them and she can just do her thing like this is what she's always wanted to do and where are you gonna go like if you want to be a wrestler this is the one place you can go you can go to ring of honor or you could go to tna which is gonna like shut down in like three weeks right that's true i mean so, I, like, i'm not real i don't really think that she would leave but you never know it's, i mean it's not like they've booked Paige well at all since like her initial four-month run well i think she was good when her second title reign too but I mean, like, did she just, like, really got caught up in that weird time where she was the only diva, her and Nikki, and mm-hmm. then they called up everybody, and then it was like, they're like, what do we do with right, everybody we have to, now? Right, we have to showcase all these other women that are getting called up, so yeah, we're not going like, to use you as much. They were running, like, seven or eight women deep, and, like, what were they supposed to do? Right. Hmm. I bet I think now that they've split it, she's, what, the third best woman on Raw? Yeah, I or mean, maybe, maybe, maybe fourth if you can consider Bailey better now. 
Uh, I mean, Bailey's definitely hotter than she is, like, in terms I would of, say. like, the, the crowd reaction. The crowd reaction, yeah. Okay, that's fair. But I still think fourth is better than being seventh or eighth. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if she gets an opportunity. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing Paige fight Bailey. I think that would be a, ve- a pretty good feud while Sasha and Charlotte fight for another two months. Yeah, and I think Paige could be a good champion, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I do, too. She was a good champion before, um, when she was the only person besides Nikki. Yeah. Do you think... Uh, do you think we're going to get another Bella title in SmackDown? It's going to happen eventually. You don't think this, you think it might be Becky think, Lynch's turn this time, think, not hers? So what I think will happen is I think Nikki will eliminate Carmella, and then Carmella will get mad, and she'll come back because there's no disqualification. So she'll come back and hit Nikki with something, and then Nikki will get eliminated. I and that's how that rivalry can continue. That makes sense. Do you, uh, do you want to run through the uh, Backlash card real fast? Yeah, we can make some predictions. Yeah. All right. So it says the I'm, – I'm going based on the Backlash 2016 Wikipedia page. Our uh, first match is The Miz versus Dolph, Dolph Ziegler. Hmm. Uh, I think there's no reason right now to take the belt away from The Miz. You don't. Which is why I'm scared for Dolph Ziggler. I don't think there is either. I'm still going to pick Dolph Ziggler. I guess if you have Ziggler win this month, then you could have Miz feuding with Ziggler all next month and Miz win it back then. Yeah. So you could theoretically give Ziggler the win, which would be great for Ziggler's brand. Yeah. And his, like, you know, him looking like a real wrestler again. Mm-hmm. And you can still have Miz be angry, but I, I don't. I just think Miz has been a really good champion. And when you th- when you consider that, well, I guess we're gonna go through it the rest of the thing. But there's going to be a new women's champion at the end of the night. Gonna there's gonna be a, be a new, new tag, tag champion. And I think we're both thinking that AJ Styles pulls out a win. So would, could there possibly be four new champions? Um, at I mean, one pay per view, like every single belt changes. I mean, it is SmackDown, so like I, I guess mean, they could. I, I don't consider two championships being introduced like change like changing. I can just consider them being one. Right, it's it's different in my eyes. That's true. So you're going Ziggler. I'm going with the Miz. I'm going, I'm going Ziggler. Um, I'm not 100 percent comfortable with going with the Miz. Like I could definitely <laughs> see Ziggler getting the win, but I think I, I don't see a reason taking it off him quite yet, um, especially with how hot he's been lately. Um, next match is Bray versus Randy. Um, my, I think Randy sh- sh- will probably win. I'd really like Bray to win just because I think, like I said earlier, that Bray, it's been a long time since he really won a high-profile match. Mm-hmm. And Randy would be a good guy to uh, grab a win over even if he's going to lose maybe next month against Randy also. Um, so I, I, I'd like, I'd like Ra- uh, Bray to win, but I think Randy's probably going to come out on top. Yeah, I think it's hard I mean, with Randy coming back to pick against him. Especially but, after he got beat up by Lesnar. Like, you can't yeah. have Randy come back and then lose twice. But, with that said, um, Luke Harper's supposed to come back soon. And I don't know if that's going to be tomorrow or Sunday, but I'm going to pick Bray Wyatt. Okay. I, I, I'd love to pick Bray Wyatt too, but I just I feel like Randy's probably going to get the win. Um, so we have 
we're going to have Heath Slater and Rhino facing somebody for the tag championship. Mm-hmm. The uh, the first match is the Usos versus the Hype Bros. Um, I, I think heel Usos, if you're turning them heel, you should give them the title run, or title chance at least. So I'm going with the Usos in the semi-finals uh, match. I'm going to take the Usos too, just because I'm not... I'm not a big fan of the Hype Bros. They're my, least, they're my least favorite tag team. They're right above the Shining Stars. That's not saying much. I mean, I, I think I'm fine with Zack Ryder he, whenever he's around, but Mojo just doesn't do anything for me. So, like, no. Zack Ryder in a tag team with a guy I don't care for, like, is not something I'm particularly excited about. I think I like the Ascension more than the Hype Bros, too. Oh, God. The Ascension's actually been surprisingly, like, okay lately. Yeah, I, I never thought they were bad in ring. I don't think they're great on the mic, but I think you can mask that. I don't think they're a bad tag team. They were they pretty, interesting I mean, moves. They were pretty legit in NXT. It's just a, a gimmick that didn't translate at all to the main yeah. roster. Yeah, they were because, cool in NXT. You know, they're weird. But it's, it's kind of odd that they've never even tried tweaking the Ascension's gimmick at all. They called them up, and it's been like a year and a half, maybe two years, that the Ascension has just been the, the exact same thing. Yeah, maybe they'll just, like, wait. Maybe they'll just wait until Primo and Epico fail again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, uh, would it be better if the, he was running around with a little... If uh, the Rising Stars were running around with a little bull still? Um, no. I think El Torito was the best part of Los Matadores. But El Torito but... on uh, Puerto Rican Island is not your thing? No, I think El Torito could beat Primo and Epico in a one-on-one match. Like if they were to face, like if El Torito was to face one of those guys, El Torito would win. I think so, but El Torito is no longer in the company, so. Yeah, I think El Torito is more talented than both of those guys. I mean, he's definitely more exciting. <laughs> the only part of Los Matadores that people cared about was El Torito. I mean, that tells you how bad the gimmick was. Yeah, it was really bad. I don't know what they were thinking there. All right. I don't know so- what they're thinking with like this. They're, they're trying to sell me like a timeshare in Puerto Rico. No, I don't get it either. It's awful. All right, so if we both have the Usos beating the Hype Bros, then we have Usos versus Slater and Rhino. You said earlier that you think Slater gets the win because picking, the, the, the storyline. The storyline's been so good. I mean, I guess they could have him lose and then like him like struggle to find work for the next month. But I'm picking Heath Slater just because I I really don't like Rhino wrestling. He's like really old. He's really fat. Like he has no speed anymore so like his one move is the gore and and it's a joke like it's the worst move in wrestling right now it's worse than john cena's stf what's his name i i I see this match losing because heath gets gored you see heath getting gored heath gets gored accidentally and that's the match but see like so I think the the two matches Heath Slater and Rhino have been have been fantastic because Heath's done nothing. He's just gotten bullied. And then, like, Rhino drags him to the corner. He tags himself and he gores the guy who's in the match and he wins. So I could see, yeah, I could see Rhino goring Heath Slater and they lose. The other reason I'm going with the Usos over them is, like, so I, I could see them putting the belt on Heath Slater because <laughs> Heath Slater's kind of getting some hype now and you have the storyline going with him. And he's, you know, the, one of the main parts of the storyline is him. Yeah. But... I can't see WWE ever giving Rhino the belt, <laughs> at least at, at his current state. Yeah, it's a really sad state. Like, Rhino really, like, cancels out any chance I think Heath Slater has. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine Rhino as a champion in 2016. 
He just he just picked the wrong tag partner, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice that he was able to get a tag partner because nobody else wanted him. But man, Rhino as a champion for any amount of time in 2016, just I, I'm not for it. I'd rather see the Usos grab it, and I think the Usos probably get it. And then they'll they do something where Rhino's out, and Heath either gets another partner. Or Heath, uh, you know, goes back to Raw and tries doing something, or he like <laughs> pretends to start his own promotion and tries, you know, you know, something like that. I don't know. They could do something else with Heath trying to get another contract. So, do you think American Alpha wins if they don't get hurt? Um, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it's one of those things where like it's way too predictable for them to win, but they're also like so big, and they've hyped them up so much that it would be weird if they didn't. Yeah, I think American Alpha probably wins, or they lose to the Usos because the Usos turn heel and do something like cheating. You know what you know I, mean? I want to see? Yeah, you know what I want to see? What? I want to see the revival interrupt this match. That would be fun. Yeah, that's what I want. That'd WWE, that... WWE, make it happen. This that, is what I want. That'd be great, but. Don't you see it? Don't you think it's more likely that they interrupt a match with Enzo and Cass on Raw at some point? I don't. I mean, I, can, I, I think, yeah, I think the rival fits more with Raw, but I mean, I, this is what I want. I want to see them on SmackDown. I want, I want this tag team division to be really good. So I want the revival on SmackDown. Especially now that all those random cruiserweights are on Raw. On SmackDown Raw, yeah. needs, like, just to fill the roster. And yeah. if you have if you have SmackDown as the thing where their tag team division is just so great, like th- that would be something like that you can go every week to go watch because you have like three great tag matches every week. Yeah, like it'd be a good way to differentiate it. So I agree with that. Um, second to last match. It looks like a very short card. It is a short card. I wonder if it, you think it's gonna be three hours. I doubt it. I don't think so. It looks. It I mean, there's six matches. And I think one of them's on the pre-show. I think the Usos Hype Bros is on the pre-show. That would make sense. This is a, it's maybe a qualifying it's match. Who knows? Um, second to last match, they have the the six pack elimination challenge for the women's mm. championship. So Nikki, Natalia, Naomi, Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Uh, I think the two options are either Becky or Nikki. Right? Do you see anybody else really coming out with it? See, this is the this is. WWE, where I think they could stun people. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think Nikki gets eliminated because of Carmella. So I think they're both out. Um, I don't see Natalia winning. I don't see Becky winning. I don't so see I'm, Naomi winning, but I don't, I don't. So I'm flipping. I think Naomi has a better chance than you give her. I'm going to flip a coin between Naomi and Alexa Bliss, and I'm going to pick Alexa Bliss. I think Alexa Bliss is in a pretty good place right now, though. Like, she just got called up, so she's still new, but I feel like what she's doing now is pretty good. Like, she doesn't really need the championship to have a feud. Yeah, probably, but also, I feel like what they've... So it's like, what you have right now is you have Nikki Bella and a Carmella feud. You've had this Becky Lynch and Natalia thing going on for a while. The only ones that don't have their current feuds going on is Naomi and Alexa Bliss. So I could see, like, Alexa Bliss, like, somehow, like, surprising Naomi at the end to beat her. So that's who I think. I think that's who's going to win. Picking Alexa. I think I'm going to. I mean, your your Carmella thing makes sense with Nikki. Uh, I yeah. don't think Carmella's going to win. No, I think she might be the first eliminated. Mm, yeah, I think so too. 
I don't think Naomi's going to win. I think if you if you have Becky Lynch win, then you could have Becky fighting Natalia for a month. Like at least you have a worked in feud right away. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you could also have Nikki win and have Nikki fighting Carmella for a month, but Carmella mm-hmm. doesn't really seem like title caliber yet no. to me. So, uh, I think I'm going with Becky Lynch um with with Nikki as a close second. I want to give credit to SmackDown because looking at it now, they've done an incredible job of pushing all six of these women. Yeah, and when during the draft, you saw all the people that Raw drafted in the women's division. You thought it was going to be pretty – I mean I thought it was going to be pretty tough for SmackDown to compete with Becky as their best. But um, getting Nikki Bello helps obviously, but the other women have been doing a really good job. Yeah. Uh, and then our final match is Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles for the championship. Um I think they've got to change something. Dean's getting a little stale, possibly not 100% his fault, uh, like we discussed earlier. But I think AJ's been really good lately. And uh, I think AJ, as a heel, I think SmackDown SmackDown could use a heel title run for a month or so just to kind of change things up. And I think AJ would be a great guy to do that. Okay. Um AJ Styles becomes champion, just not Sunday. Dean Ambrose wins. You think they hold it out for another month? Yeah. All right. It's really great just thinking that somebody like AJ Styles, who got called up this year and who was in the Indies for so long, could actually be WWE World Champion You know, within the next 30, 60 days. Yeah, because I think right now with you have, I mean, Finn getting hurt, but I think, like, again, Raw's so top-heavy that... Like, it's going to be really exciting on SmackDown for, like, the next couple months because I think that's where Samoa Joe is going. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know what that has to do with anything about Dean versus AJ, but I think Dean wins. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the card. Um, I don't, do you have any last thoughts before we uh, head off? And I can get, <laughs> I'm going to try to edit this real quick so I can get it up and people can listen before uh, Backlash. Backlash tomorrow. So everybody's got, you know... 18 hours to listen to this. 18 hours. That's a good amount of time. Um, and if you're listening to this after Backlash, I apologize for the last 15 minutes where we previewed the card of the match that you already watched. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Um, I, I want to congratulate you on your job first. I mean, I haven't... Uh, I haven't. Uh, we haven't talked since you got it. Well, I mean, I've texted you, but I wanted to congratulate you on that. Oh, yeah. Thanks. It's... Uh, the first two weeks were kind of rough because I had a bunch of kind of weird bad luck. I'm usually a pretty lucky person. or uh, I don't have that many bad things happen to me, and I had a lot of bad luck after <laughs> I got my job back to back to back that was very stressful. Um, so it's tough for me usually to get stressed, and I was stressed for the first two or three weeks, but the last week and a half has been actually really great. And I like my job, and I like the people that uh, I work with a lot. So it's worked out so far, and I'm only going to get better, I think. How was your uh, – you're searching for a job, right? No, I actually accepted something two days ago. Oh, really? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to uh, – I'm going back to Knoxville where I went to school. So um, I'm doing some high school stuff, uh, Maryville Daily Times. So I'm going to do some high school stuff and cover Tennessee basketball. Oh, awesome. So you are – you're pure sports writing? Yeah. Awesome. That's that's amazing. Uh, the one thing I miss at my job is that we don't cover sports because we're a monthly newspaper, mm. so it's kind of hard to cover sports yeah, when is. you only print once a month. But um, I, I mean, I, I wrote my NFL preview uh, 
on Fresh Out the Dally. It's the first thing I wrote on there in a while, so I was really happy to do that. And I think it's the first time in two years uh, or the, that I was able to get a full NFL preview up online before the season started. That's good. Um, so I wasn't really prepared for the NFL season or football, college, or pro- professional this year, but I yeah, think I can... I'm really into it now that it's come up. I've, I've gotten hyped within the last, like, nine days. I've gotten pretty pumped for it. Yeah, it's exciting. I think uh, it'll be fun. All right, before you go, give me two minutes on why you think the Cowboys will make the playoffs. <laughs> two minutes? I mean, it, it's pretty. Uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I think their defense is much improved than it was last year. I don't think it's great by any means, but I don't think it'll be, you know, bottom five in the league like it's been, you know, recently. I think it was better last year. I think they ranked 18th last year. So I think it's better this year with getting Skandrick back. So a better defense. Um, and Zeke behind that offensive line, I mean, he could easily run for 1,500-plus yards behind that line. And Dak's only going to play six weeks, and I think he's good enough to win a lot of those games just looking at the schedule. Um, and Tony comes back, and once Tony comes back, the, in my opinion, the Cowboys are one of the three best teams in the NFC when he's at quarterback. So you get 10 games with Tony Romo if he stays healthy. Um, I'm not a big fan of the rest of the NFC East, so I think it's pretty easy. I think they're going to win it going away. I'm not a huge fan of the NFC East either, um, and I've been a giant Tony Romo supporter his whole career. Um, I, I loved him since the first year he's been in the league, so it pains me to say this, but I just, after all of the injuries he's had and the time that he's missed and the time that he's been away and just watching him briefly in those preseason games before he got hurt again, Man, I, I just don't know if I could really buy into him being the Tony Romo that we're used to. And Mike, I, and if and if he's not, even if he's healthy, if he's not at the hundred percent in terms of effectiveness, I think that team could struggle with him behind quarterback. But they could always make the change to go to Dak if Dak ends up being good. Uh, right, but I, I think, I mean, if if Dak is the second coming of Russell Wilson. A uh, fourth, fifth round pick that has these ridiculous leadership qualities, and he's fast, and he had a good arm in college, and he was just you know there were certain elements that just made it look like he wouldn't translate, but he wound up winds up doing it. Then yeah, the Cowboys have a chance, and like if that's the case, why would they even play Tony Romo ever again? But like I don't know, it just if Dak is just like fine, and let's say he goes like two and four in those first six games. And then Romo comes back, and he's just like average, like slightly below average Tony Romo, and he goes like two and two or two and three in those first games. Like it's going to be tough to really go one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I just have a I have a hard time ever counting Tony Romo out. I, I hope I hope he comes back and he's healthy and he's as good as he always is. Because when he's good, he's really good. Yeah. So. All right. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Troy, for coming on to the pod and talking Always. about wrestling. I know you love it, and hopefully I can get you on sometime sooner. Um, maybe not before Night of Champions or whatever they're calling it now. Clash of Champions. What a stupid thing. <laughs> so maybe well, they not need, before They Clash can't call it Night of Champions because not all the champions are on the show anymore. I guess. But champions don't clash. Like, if, if, uh, if your champions were clashing, that would mean you had, like, two champions fighting at the same time. I guess that's true. Like, you would, like it would be great if it was, like, 
Rusev maybe that's what they'll versus do. the title. Like, that'd be fun, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's what they'll do. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe I doubt it, but maybe war. that's what they'll do. All right. Well, um, but I'll, I'll, we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you again about WWE or maybe something else. Um, maybe. In the next Never few know. weeks, and we'll, we'll figure something out. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Troy, for joining. And uh, I'm going to try to get a football podcast up here at some point in the future. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And please read us, freshoutthedelly.com. In the words of Nick Foley, have a nice day.